and welcome to the third installment of our six-part podcast series entitled Tricky Employment Conversations. Today, for our third segment in the Tricky Employment Conversation series, is the dreaded doomsday day of discipline, at least if you're on the receiving end of such a day. In this segment, we take a quick guide through the nuts and bolts of conducting a disciplinary action meeting. Now, unless you get pleasure in causing pain, most employers may find having to conduct a disciplinary action a most unpleasant, albeit sometimes necessary, part of the employment relationship. As an initial matter, to avoid unnecessary embarrassment or humiliation, verbal disciplinary action or negative feedback from the employer generally should not be done in a public setting in front of an employee's colleagues, for example. Instead, whether an employer needs to take disciplinary action against an employee for performance deficiencies or policy violations, the employer should do so privately in a meeting with only the employee and his or her supervisor, or perhaps one HR professional as well. Secondly, in communicating the basis for the disciplinary action, the employer ought to be able to point to, one, concrete examples of the offending conduct if the employee is being disciplined for policy violations, and two, specific instances of mistakes, failures to reach certain goals, etc., if the employee is being disciplined for performance issues. In this regard, it is a best practice for the employer to come prepared to such a meeting with supporting documents, just in case an employee tries to challenge the employer's grounds for the discipline. For example, if an employee is issued a final written warning during a disciplinary meeting for his constant tardiness, then the employer should point to its written attendance policies from the handbook as well as the employee's timesheets that maybe show a pattern of him clocking in 10 to 15 minutes late on every hangover Monday for the past couple weeks. Having the backup materials to support the employer's reasons for the disciplinary action will help the conversation go more smoothly and hopefully will eliminate any dispute from the employee in the face of such concrete evidence presented during the conversation. Next, after the employer explains to the employee the basis for the disciplinary action and it shares the information or documents that support the employer's decision, the employer should conclude with clear instructions to the employee in terms of what it is that the employer requires of the employee and what the next step consequences may be if the employee does not meet the employer's expectations going forward. Finally, verbal disciplinary action should be documented, even if the meeting doesn't result in a written warning or write-up against the employee. The employer should always memorialize, in writing, counseling sessions and verbal meetings involving disciplinary action that it takes against an employee and then place such memo in the employee's personnel file. Adverse employment actions such as verbal warnings and write-ups can also be a source of potential discrimination and or retaliation claims, particularly if employers are not consistent in their distribution of discipline or enforcement of employer standards and expectations. You may have more questions on this issue, which we are happy to help answer for you too. Just click on the Ask Questions tab to call or email us directly. Just ask so we can help make your questions become answers.